Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Welcome everybody to the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. I am Dale Lugabill. Thank you very much for joining me. Welcome to this week's weekend recap and rant. I got about three days of stuff to go over on uh, on this one springs in full swing morel mushrooms are popping up or have been popped up and they're kind of drying out uh we could really use some rain here in uh, the upper midwest minnesota I haven't really haven't really had a chance to get out and look look i've, I've real quick i have like quick spots I, I would jump out and check and i haven't really found anything but uh, one of these days I'll carve out some time. It'll probably be too late. I don't know. Shit just gets super busy. Anyways, <laughs> on a Friday, I found myself with an unexpected day off of work, so decided to try turkey hunting again. So those of you just joining, I tried it once this year and nothing. Uh, this is like my, I don't know, fifth or sixth year attempting to half-ass take a turkey on public land with a bow as you can imagine you know not the easiest thing to do uh but that's kind of how i want to do it so it's what i'm trying to do and uh so i head out i get up early i get out there get the blind set up everything set up and sit and wait and the woods are just quiet i mean like the time before, I went like there was a ton of deer out and there was birds moving. And I could see some turkeys, but this like I didn't hear any gobbles in the far off distance. Like there just wasn't. I mean, there's some blue jays and crows, a couple ducks, a couple geese, but other than that, like it just seemed like the day itself just wasn't a very active day. Like things weren't really moving. Nothing was really talking. And uh, I don't know, I hunted for half the day and just was like, well, it's not going to happen today. <laughs> and uh, so I packed up and and hiked out of there. But, yeah, I don't know, that was uh, usually, I, that was kind of a rare day. I mean, even on public land, the times that I've gone out in the past, like, I've, I've seen something or I've heard something off in the distance. And uh, so that was kind of a rare day to not have, like, any evidence and not seeing deer either 
I guess I did jump one on my way back from uh, to the truck when I was done. But the other day, dude, it was like a parade of deer going past my pop-up line. But not that day. So that's turkey hunting. I highly doubt I will go out again. I mean, I have till the end of the month, but I don't know. I'm just not that fired up about it. I don't know. I just... I don't know what it is. I feel like it's something I should be excited about. It just, I don't know why. It just hasn't hasn't got its hooks into me yet. So maybe maybe someday. And like I'll have more like interest and obviously more time spent in the woods would vastly increase my odds of actually being successful. Uh, so we'll see. Maybe some year. Just not this one probably. <laughs> so... Going into this uh, past weekend was the Minnesota Fishing Opener. For those of you not from here, uh, our walleye, pike, and bass season and muskies are closed. You know, they close uh, February, well, the end of February, I believe. No, is it? Anyways, but you know what? It closes. <laughs> and then uh, opens back up in May for walleyes, pike, and bass catch and release only not muskies muskies don't open until i think the first weekend in june something like that anyways oh man sorry about yawning um so yeah it was our opener and and the vast majority of people are are headed out to catch the our minnesota state fish the walleye which is everybody's familiar with this podcast knows I'm not like I'm not a walleye guy. They don't really do a lot for me. I don't mind fishing for them or catching them from time to time, but I do not go out of my way to target them. And I absolutely loathe trolling for them. I think it's incredibly boring. Uh, but that's just me. You do you. So that's what most people are headed for is is the walleye. I went out bass fishing, and. Uh, I've been talking early in the week to Doug Glimmerveen from the SmackDown Outdoors podcast, and neither one of us had like a solid plan. So we're like, "Well, let's see how the week shapes up. If I got nothing going and you got nothing going, let's uh, let's go fishing." So that's exactly what happened, panned out. So I drove down and and met Doug, and we headed out to uh, a West Metro area lake called Lake Independence. And uh, I kind of expected it was going to be, you know, a shallow water endeavor with a pre-spawn or maybe getting just getting into the spawn for the bass. And uh, a great technique for that is just a swim jig with the paddle tail and cast, 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 you know, in that shallow water. And usually end up catching a bunch of bucks, you know, male, younger males up shallow feeding or making nests or defending nests. And, uh, you know, you could push out a little bit deeper, maybe find some of those females before they move up um, for the bigger fish. And we just, man, we did, we did not find it. We struggled first half of the day. Um, this water was crazy clear. Um, wasn't seeing any beds right away. And it was weird. Like, there was a lot of parts of the lake that were just like, void of any fish activity and then you'd hit a pocket and there'd be bluegills and crappies around and we'd see muskies lots of muskies i think i that had to be the most muskies i've seen in any given day like they were 
seemed like everywhere. And then we even saw a couple of walleyes up shallow. Uh, didn't really see much for bass. I mean, we caught a couple relatively quickly, but literally like a couple. Nothing that you would even remotely put a pattern to. And uh, so we just kept working around and trying to figure out the puzzle. And we just weren't finding them where we thought we would find them. Um, so, you know, you, you start, okay, process of elimination, right? You just start, all right, well, if they're not here, then maybe they're here. You know, maybe they haven't moved up yet. I mean, that seems weird like they should be. And so we, we fished out a little bit deeper, like the outside weed edge, the deep weed edge. Um, and again, I think we picked up like a couple, but nothing that you would, again, think was a pattern. And, you know, we would try to repeat it and it wouldn't repeat. So not a pattern. Um, we just kept going. We, we pretty much circled the lake. We went back up into this real, real swampy channel and just about the time, and there was bluegills back there, but we weren't seeing any bass. We're like, the bluegills are here, man. The bass have got to be here. And we went up this channel for quite a ways. And so we turn around, and, like, literally we turn around, and we spot a bed. And there's a couple bass on it. And so we're trying to get these things to bite, and they're just not having it. They're just ignoring us. They're not moving off the nest or anything. They're just, like, ignoring everything. And... um so Doug keeps trying, he throws on a Ned rig and just soaks it in there, gets the right pitch, and oh my goodness, I just can't stop yawning. But it is late Tuesday night on my birthday, the 18th, so I had to work all day, just got done just gorging myself on sushi. Uh, yeah, so my body's like, can we go to bed now? No, not yet. I have to do this recap and rant. So, sorry about the yawning. I'm sure there'll be more. <laughs> Anyways, back to the story. Um, so we just keep, I don't know, we camped out on that bed for like 10, maybe even 15 minutes. And lo and behold, Doug gets that fish to bite. And, uh, we reel it in or he reels it in i should say we didn't do anything um get a land it's a pretty nice fish probably about a three and a half pounder you know and uh pretty beat up so probably would have weighed more you know pre-spawn but it's like huh so we go out this other channel and and we spook a couple of fish and we weren't able to get them to to bite and then we just kind of bail on that area keep working around the lake we pretty much like worked the entire lake and so still having not being satisfied um, that we didn't figure it out, you know, we back to the drawing boards. We tried really deep a little bit, um, big steep drop off. That was like a barren wasteland. Nothing was there. And so in my mind, I was just like, you know, these weeds, these this thick kind of mid-depth weeds, the only good weeds in the lake. And that's where we're seeing a, a ton of bluegills and stuff. And I'm like, the bass has got to be here. I mean, but process of at this point, process of the elimination, they they just like got to be here. And then we would see some from time to time. There'd be pockets in these big thick weeds, but you could not get them to bite at all. And what it was looking like to me is that they were just super spooky. Even the panfish, like you would you would come over a big school of panfish, you know, 
early, like spring right now, they should just be basically committing suicide. And I'm throwing a little jig down there, pass the time with the panfish, and they're, for the most part, ignoring me. Like, everything on that lake was, like, super spooky in that clear water. And I don't know if it was from the pressure, which I kind of highly doubt because, I mean, it was, you know, some people go out pre-opener and fish for panfish, but I, can't, I had a hard time imagining that the lake is busy. Um, not like it was that weekend. It actually wasn't even that busy on Saturday for being the opener, to be honest. So I don't think it had to do with that. You know, but what was around was a bunch of pelicans. And uh, we witnessed them in feeding flocks a couple times throughout the day. And I wonder if that isn't what had them pretty spooked. You know, anything that moved, they were just like, oh, we're going to get eaten. Um, it's, you know, it's as good of a reason as any. I don't, I don't know. And so I'm like, you know, we got to get to these bass before they see us. I feel like once you see the fish, they see you, gigs up. You know, there was hardly any wind. Like I said, sunshine, clear water, um, just not great conditions. So I put on a Senko weightless Texas rig, and I just start long bomb casting these things. Just, you know, usually when I'm throwing a Senko, I'm target fishing. Like I'm pitching to a dock or a downed tree or a rock or a weed line, something. But in this scenario, I'm just blindly fan casting this big weed flat and hoping that I find one of these gaps in the weeds. You know, so I would cast it out, let it sink, reel in a little bit, let it sink, and hope that I would find one of these pockets and started getting bit, like, on a consistent basis. And uh, to the point where, like, yep, this is where they are. We just got to get make these long casts so they don't see you, and hopefully, you know, you intersect one of those pockets that's pretty much what it boiled down to not the most fun style of fishing i will be brutally honest uh you know there's a lot of people that don't like to throw senkles for just i don't even know why but they just don't like the technique but let me tell you when it's one thing when it's target oriented it's an entire different thing when it's you're just like well hope i get lucky and come across a bass here <laughs> You know, like, it's uh, it's kind of crazy. But, like I said, we were able to uh, get that pattern down, and we finished the day out pretty strong, and uh, ended up being a pretty decent day, actually. You know, nothing too crazy big, uh, but... It was a good time. It was, it was fun to be out and fish in Minnesota because, you know, before the opener, I had been fishing Wisconsin, which has a, a year-round catch and release for bass. And uh, as soon as the ice left, we pretty much started fishing over there. But now it's nice. I can fish right in my backyard, right here in, in good old Minnesota, land of 10,000 lakes, and uh, get my bass fishing fix. And then so uh, Sunday, I uh, slept in a little bit, but then uh, got the boat ready and then met my daughter out on Chisago Lake. And actually, I was already out there. I got out there a little bit early and kind of wanted to kind of see what was out there, you know, get her on fish. And somewhat similar to when I was finding a lake independence, I started finding these beds. But by the time you saw them, they saw you, and the gig was up, they weren't so much like super skittish, like they were running away from 
the boat per se, but man, these were acting like some pressured fish. I'm guessing they have seen a fair amount of lures just from the day prior because that's kind of the impression that I was getting. So you would, God forbid, you you cast right on the the nest, forget it. That bass just takes off, gone. So I would cast way beyond it and then reel up to it and try to, you know, quietly land it in the nest. And even that sometimes, as soon as they see that lure, they're gone. And a few times I was able to sink that lure into the nest and just soak it there until they came back and they would kind of stare at it and I'd move it a little bit and they'd get a little closer, but never quite fully committing to it. And I think I officially caught like one fish off the bed that I finally got to bite. And I was using the skirted net rig with um, Z-Man Craw, um, the last tech craw. Those things are pretty badass. But so finally, and I caught a little one doing that. Um, but really, it was long bomb casts with that swim jig that we were hoping would work the day before was working pretty good on, uh, on Chisago. And uh, so then I also had made mental note. I found a couple really good pods of, of crappies and bluegills. So went back to the landing and picked up my daughter, and then we headed out and uh, proceeded to catch some crappies and, and bluegills for, for dinner that night. And they're spawning, so they're, like, taking candy from a baby. They got their dark black colors on, these crappies do, and you can just you can just see them. You drop a jig down from them. They eat almost every single time. And uh, so, and we caught some decent bluegills too to add a, add to the fish fry, and then kind of in between we would we would bass fish, and uh, gave her the sinkle that I was using the day before, and she caught a few fish with that. But the swim jig was was actually working, and uh, so that was fun. I had a ton of fun doing that, and then every now you know you'd come across a big school of, of panfish, and then I'd put the bass rod down, pick up the panfish rod, and um, biggest was uh, kind of 13 inch crappie sight fished it. It was awesome. And Oh, I do gotta say, I'm going to give a little commercial here for, and it's not a paid commercial, but, um, these relevant sunglasses, I don't know if you guys haven't, they're a newer company kind of sprung up out of nowhere. It seems. Um, but I've met Adam. Adam's a super cool dude. Actually been, uh, he's in a band. He's in a couple bands. He has an originals band and then he has a cover band, um, called loose gravel. And uh, they're pretty fun groups. I actually hung out with them a couple times and jammed out. It's, like, super fun. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. What I want to talk about is these sunglasses are the shit. Like, easily the best sunglasses I've ever had on, especially for fishing. And I got the chameleon green, and these things adjust. And Sunday was, like, the perfect test for these glasses because it started off really foggy and low light. And then towards the afternoon, the clouds broke up, sun came out, got really hot. And these things lived up to their billing. They did, you know, that chameleon where they change with the light level. They did exactly that. I was able to see so well into the water and spot these fish. And there's so many times I'm so used to wearing them that I forget and I'd like I'd point something out to my daughter. I'm like, oh, what is that down there? It's like, is that a weird culvert or what is this? Is that a bike down there? What the hell is that? And she's like, I don't see anything. I'm like, oh yeah. So I would take my glasses off, give it to her. And she's like, oh yeah, now I can see it. And it was crazy. They're gonna take my glasses off. Like, holy shit, I can't see a damn thing. It, these things cut glare so well. 
Uh, I honestly, I just, I can't speak highly enough of them. If you're in the market for a new set of fishing glasses, just check them out. Um, that's, they're called relevance R L V N T. I think it's dot life is their website. Um, or if you're in the St. Cloud area, they, they do have them at the shield store there, but, um, really cool, really cool. They're not cheap, but they're worth every penny. I mean, you know, if you're somebody that buys Oakley's or Costa's or, you know, whatever, like same, same price range basically, but way better, way better in my opinion. And I have used all the other ones. So, um, yeah, I don't have any personal stock into them. Uh, at least at the moment. But uh, anyways, they're just awesome. Super. They're awesome. Anyways, so back to regular scheduling program. Um, regular scheduling programming. I think I said that weird. Anyways, so they helped me spot those um, crappies. And it's just so much fun to sight fish these things. Like, And I was using, I had like the tiniest little hair jig on. It was so light. It took forever to sink so i had a couple small split shots above it finished on and that would get down there but they would just annihilate that thing and i had a like a tube jig on for my daughter on a slip bobber rig and she was catching some but just really hitting it so i switched up the colors a few times and um she did start getting some catching some fish but not nearly like what they were going after this little tiny jig and i didn't have a bobber on i was just mostly sight fishing or if i did cast away out i was just waiting to see my line jump or feel the tick and then set the hooks and a lot of instinctive um fishing with that too you know as it drops if a fish grabs it you're like why did that pause and you just set the hook and boom fish is there um that it was god dang it that was fun (sighs) so much so that i got a real good case of bass thumb like i was my thumb was tore up and I am not complaining. That is what happiness looks like. Is bass thumb? Is I mean, because they're a walleye equivalent. Like do your hands get like scuffed up from handling them because they're a little scalier, you know, a little rougher around the edges. Is that a thing, walleye guys? Like, is there like like a bass thumb equivalent for walleyes? I don't know. Let me know if there is such a creature or not. Um, I've never heard of anything, but a bass thumb's a real thing, and it is awesome. It's like what you strive for. Didn't catch anything giant, but it was consistent action. You know, two pounders, two and a half pounders. Just, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Tons and tons and tons and tons of fun. Can't wait to hit her again this weekend. And I'll be honest, I'm half tempted to bring my ass all the way up to Orr, Minnesota. And hit that Pelican Lake that I love so much. Maybe hit it just right at pre-spawn would be so awesome. But I know where they spawn in that lake too. So regardless, I'd be able to find them somewhere. Um, that would be pretty damn badass to you. But. So came home, cleaned up the fish, had a nice fresh fish meal. So good. Some of the corn that we froze from our garden last year and mashed potatoes. <laughs> I mean, that's just a good meal. That is just a good-ass meal. So if you guys haven't made it out yet, and these fish are in the shallows, so if you don't have a boat, you can for sure cast them shore or a, or a pier somewhere. Um, you could figure it out. Now is the time. Get out there and take advantage of like some of the best fishing of the year 
for sure. Uh, if you'd like a boat experience and you don't have a boat experience, great time for me to let you know that I do have a guide service. <laughs> so I could take out a couple people in the bass boat uh, for bass or panfish or both. Just send me a message and uh, you know, go from there. Or you can give me a call, 612-209-5438, and uh, get you out on the lake and take advantage of this hot bite. It is so much fun right now. So there's your uh, recap. And for my rants, it's a little pet peeve thing. So I don't know if you guys have heard me talk about this, but I, I still don't know why I follow this group on Facebook. Like, I should just quit. Um, but there's a part of, like, the competitive side of me. It's like, if you leave, there won't be a voice of reason. This is just an echo chamber of tree huggers is basically what it is in there. It's just unreal. So the latest thing, somebody was bitching about should we be allowing hammocks in parks for the damage that they do to the trees? Now, we're not talking the old-style hammock where you screw in the hook, right? People aren't using those things anymore. There's these other ones. I don't remember what they're called, Echo or something. We have one. It's a little packable thing. It's like a mini parachute. It's what it looks like, nylon. They come with these straps, and you strap them around the tree, and uh, they don't. I mean, it might mar up the bark a little bit, but, like, the point that I was making is, like, dude, people are already disconnected from nature to the point that what people think is nature are these parks, these city and county parks. It's not nature. Groom trails and mowed lawns and, like, but whatever. That's some that's some people's version of nature, right? And so now you want to hinder them for even doing that, because you're worried about a tree dying. For one, they're not killing any trees. All right, these straps, you know, like I said, they might mar up the bark a little bit, but give the tree some credit. They're a little more durable than that. And I know some species of tree, though, less, you know, durable than others, oak versus like a, a birch or something. But I mean, I don't even know if those hammocks would work on a birch tree because they're so smooth. They'd probably slip right down. But, um, I get that, but they're just tougher. I mean, I, I'm like, in my pulse, I'm like, dude, I've seen bicycles growing out of trees, cars growing out of trees, or trees growing around cars. Uh, and my main point was like, you know, we need to keep people connected to nature so that it has value. And if you start getting on them about this, these hammocks and the tree thing, like you're going you're gonna to lose those voices at the table. You know, my point was like, first of all, no real harm is being done in these trees. They're tougher than you think. And they said, for the sake of argument, let's just say it does kill a tree. I think that's a small price to pay for keeping the populace interested in nature and being in nature and taking advantage of our park system. Like, that is the definition of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. You, you ha- like, you're running out of actual environmental stuff to worry about. So you're just inventing virtue signal shit that hammocks them look to be like the most benign possible outdoor activity, if you can even call it an activity because they're just fucking laying there. It's just unreal. I mean, and that's just what I deal with in this. And voluntarily, I'm fully aware 
deal with this website. Like, they are so out of touch with reality. You know, and then, uh, of course, you know, some sort of hunting debate will come up and, you know, 99% of the people in that group do not have a favorable opinion of hunters at all. And then you find yourself in these debates, these, I don't even call them debates, these fights where you're arguing with this person that clearly knows nothing about what you're talking about, yet they have all the answers. Oh, it's so maddening. Just the the amount of ignorance in there. And it's like, and this blind, like, bleeding heart, tree hugger kind of mentality is just so celebrated. And the moment you dare, dare bring in any logical thought to the equation, you're just like shunned, chastised, mocked. It's, again, I don't know why I'm still a part of this damn group, but I mean, sometimes there's really good posts in there, and I, and I like to have open dialogue, but I just don't get a lot of open dialogue in this group. So I don't know. I threaten to leave all the time. Well, not like, you know, hourly. I don't say it. I, listen, if I want to leave, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to have this, like, I hate when people leave groups and they have to, like, write this big, long goodbye note as to why they're leaving and somehow they were wrong. Listen, if I don't want to be part of that group anymore, I'm just going to click the button and I'm not going to be part of the group anymore. And nobody will miss me. That ain't going to be a big deal. Not quite there yet. Um, could very well happen. But, you know, if you want if you want to subject yourself to this uh, stress, check them out on Facebook. See what they're all about. <laughs> well, it sounds so fun, doesn't it? So, anyways, there's your recap and rant. Thank you very much uh, for joining me. I appreciate it. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Uh, don't forget to follow me on all the social medias on uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, FullScale underscore outdoors, and then TikTok. Uh, is that full? I think it's FullScale. Snapchat. It's just me, Dale Lugan Bill. Uh, yeah, do all those things, and I will see you out uh, on the water. That'd be that'd be sweet. Uh, let me know how you guys are doing. How this fishing's going. And like I always say, if you have any guests you'd like to have on, I'm always open to ideas. It could be a guide, it could be an influencer, just somebody that really has some good hunting and fishing stories. You know, let me know. Are you a tournament angler? Would you like to get on? I mean, whatever. I'm open to anybody. I'm always looking for guests. Bottom line, always looking for guests. So thanks again for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. Whatever your passion, pursue it full scale. <laughs>